0: Holy guacamole, as our guests would say, I spilled the beans on email marketing with today's guest, and I can't even tell you, so I have my notes next to me. The biggest mistakes made when it comes to email, how consistency, 10x to business in four months, the four biggest mistakes almost everybody makes in email marketing and how not to make them, the secrets to getting higher open rates and click-through rates, and literally the exact process myself and the guests used to write our high-converting emails. We broke down step-by-step her process and my process, and then the non-negotiables when sending emails. Plus, we talk about avocados, turtles, and coffee for an obsessive amount. So I'm going to shut up. It's time to get into the episode. Let's go spill the beans on email. And holy guac, here we go. Cue the intro now. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth Is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes, guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show where I couldn't be more stoked to have somebody who loves email just as much, if not a little bit more than I do. But email is her fourth favorite thing because she also loves avocados, turtles, and coffee first. But I am joined by one of my dear friends, one of my mastermind family members, somebody who I literally talk email with more than absolutely anybody. And the one person who when emails me in my inbox gets me to respond more than anybody. Cause most of the time I feel like it's a trick. And so today I know that we're going to unpack everything email, and this is going to be a fun one. So it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur with a business that sells services or products. You're just getting started. You've been doing this forever. You have no email list or you have a giant one. I guarantee the goal that we're going to unpack today is great. So I just want to welcome to the show my dear friend, the queen of avocados, turtles, and coffee. Ashley, welcome to the show.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm stoked. It's so easy. It's so easy. I feel like we have so many conversations offline about email and I was like, I feel like we should bring them online so people can hear all the fun stuff we talk about with email.
1: Oh my gosh, 100%. My husband was so thankful when I crossed, or we crossed paths. He was like, finally, somebody else that you can talk about email with, because I literally don't even know what you're talking about 95% of the time.
0: <laughs> I get that. I totally get that. So before we get started, you listen to the show. You know what the first question is going to be. And so you've probably had prep time, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So when you think back, when you look back in this career and however you got into this career, and you can go in the vein of business or your life or just email and in general when you look back what's the biggest mistake that you've recognized that you've made and then what have you carried forward to mitigate it going into the future
1: hundred percent so the biggest thing because I was thinking about this as well <laughs> I think my biggest turning point was I have held myself back so many times because of just uncertainty that like fear of failure and I remember- I'm trying to decide, am I actually gonna go fully into email marketing? Is this something that I actually want to do? My very first thought around that was. I don't know who would actually pay me to write emails when there's so many other people who write emails. And so just going through this process of really just taking those couple steps forward and just being like, all right, I'm going to take a baby step in and just doing this. And now it's turned into like this huge thing where now I'm like, all I do is write emails. That's Mm -hmm. all I do every day is writing emails. And that turning point was so huge for me because if I wouldn't have just dove head on in and just did the things, I would probably still be like super miserable, working all the things, doing all the things and just trying to navigate through
0: a business that I absolutely hated at the time. I love it. I love it. Literally one of my favorite movies as a kid was What About Bob? And it was like baby steps, little psycho in that movie. So I love that. So when you think about that, and by the way, for everybody listening, I have Ashley write emails for me and I have Ashley write emails for all of my clients as well, because her level of humor and connection and comfort that she can take and put words into, like I learned from her as I do this as well. So just to give you props and kudos publicly on the podcast... (laughs) And and by the way, for those of you that listen or read our daily newsletter, ed- Ashley's also the one who edits them all to make sure I don't sound like a grammatical <laughs> nightmare or mess because, like, I just start flowing and she makes it make sense once I get it out of me. So when you think about that, though, so, like, summarizing that back is, like, when you think about a lot of us in our journeys, we sit here and we're like, okay, I feel called to do this thing. I want to do this thing, but yet we, like, stay frozen. And yeah. so now you went from, I don't think anyone's going to pay me to write their emails to literally now all you do is basically send proposals to people to write their emails and then write emails for them all day, every day. And now I'm assuming that it's happening on a different level. Like the wrapping paper might be changed. And so now with that lesson, what are you bumped up against and where are you navigating that now at this new level to not stagnate, but to just take baby steps and baby steps?
1: Oh my gosh, that's such a good question because this is something that I feel like it, it happens in every single turn. Yeah, you like accomplish one thing, you check it off and then you come to the next and you're just like, okay, now what? So for me right now, what it looks like is getting super confident in knowing that I can charge a higher price point, knowing that I can separate myself from the masses because so often I was blending in with everybody else mm-hmm. in terms of with my price point and like the messaging and the copy of things that I was doing. But then my deliverables were just like totally, completely, mind-blowingly different than what everyone else was providing so for me now it's like really stepping into that confidence and owning my expertise and really making sure that i share that and not just hide behind like cute little facebook posts of me and my dog or me and my kid and really focusing on sharing those results
0: yeah. And I think a lot of it too. And, and just so everybody know, and I know Ashley won't mind, I have a lot of insider information because Ashley and I have been working together like in the mastermind and with email and everything. So I'm going to drive this a little bit because like I've watched you, even in the last, what, like four months? Has it been four months or so? Go yeah. from, I don't know, to I can't handle all the business coming my way. And yeah. I'm like superwoman, hear me roar. And I am like the queen of email and I'll take the king of relationship email. I'll take that title. <laughs> and I've watched you do it and I've looked at you a few times. I'm like, just tighten your seatbelt and enjoy the ride because it's coming and it's coming. When you look at that, right now that you think about that, like you love email, right? Just as you probably love email more than I do because I do a lot more than just email, but email's important to me. But you think about that, you have an increased demand, you're stepping into your confidence. You're doing it all and you're building this business. And as you're navigating this, what do you see as been like the most supportive thing that you've done? As you look at this, you're like, if I could have down like, God, every time I did that thing, or I thought that way, or I practiced this, or I leaned in for support, it helped me get to the next level. What's been one of those things? Because literally like for those listening, the last four months has been, in my opinion, a meteoric rise watching you as you've stepped in and put these pieces where you're like, I'm owning this is yeah. what I do. It's okay to separate myself. And the moment you started doing that, I was like, okay, keep going. <laughs>
1: Just yeah,
0: keep going. And so what's, what have been some of the things that have helped you? Because I think for people listening, we're going to talk about email, but I think a lot of the things that you and I help people with email are directly correlated to the same conversation we're having right now
1: totally 100 percent. so i would say honestly that there's two pieces i think the number one thing is consistency and so often i would get bored with being consistent and i think the biggest thing where i really struggled with was like okay okay so i did the things but now I want to go do something else because I was getting bored with it. And so that's where I would lean in. And that was like the second piece is like leaning in to have that support of knowing, no, just keep going. Like you just mentioned, just keep going. Like you're totally fine. No, just stay in your little bubble, stay on your path and just keep going because I was just getting bored with it. And I was like looking and looking for shiny objects and trying to figure it all out and just being able to lean in and know that, Hey, no, you're doing the things you're doing things like the way you should be like that for me is super big uh, because I'm definitely a words of affirmation kind of person. So I get that affirmation that, no, you're doing great. Keep going. Then I'm like, all right, cool. And I got like another whole like burst of like fire ready to roll into what I'm doing next.
0: Yeah. So I love it. And so I think watching you too is you've always had community around you, but I feel like you've leaned in a lot more to those around you that like hold you accountable because I think you and I are the same. It's shiny object, but the distraction becomes the derailment at that point. It's the thing that stops it from working and then it's too late before it's realized, which by the way... Just in that alone, there's three correlating threads for email marketing in general, by the way. So I'm assuming we're going to start unpacking this. But before we do, I just want to give everybody a little bit of a background because I don't like, I fell into email marketing by accident, right? Like, it wasn't something that I was like, I'm going to be an email marketer. This is how I'm going to make money. It was, I'm a food blogger, and people asked me to email them recipes when I make them. And so I basically became an email quote unquote marketer through the need dictated by people but then I fell in love with it because for me it's like a direct relationship to like the core of my business that are like my best friends I look at email like I'm texting my best friend you know this but I want to know like how did you get here and when did it start what got you interested in email when did you realize it was going to be email why do you love email give me the whole Ashley story
1: Oh my gosh, the whole Ashley story. Okay, so it actually started off when I was 14 years old. I actually self-taught myself through library books, how to code websites. I had really big ambitions. When I was 14, I was like, I, I want to become a reporter. I want to write. I want to do the things. And I was like, I need to have a blog. That was like my first instinct. I was like, people need to be able to read what I have to say. So I started creating these blogs and doing these things and they never really went anywhere because I was honestly just like blogging about my teenage self and it's not really that interesting. So, so anyway, so I started doing these blogs, ended up going into college, did the whole corporate life and all of that. And I just found myself like outside of the box all the time. They were like, Ashley, like you are out here. We need you inside of this container. Mm-hmm. And I just felt, oh my gosh, like in anything that I did, I excelled at it because I'm you know, just like doing the things. And they were just like, no, again, you need to stay within this container. And so what ended up happening is I ended up starting my first web design business really because I just wanted to be able to actually do what I wanted to do. And so I was building these websites, doing these things for people, and they kept asking me about email marketing. And I was so confused. I was like, why are people sending out emails? And the first thing that I ever correlated email marketing to was target ads. Mm -hmm. I was like, why are people sending out target ads? Like why? That doesn't make any sense to me. So I started snooping around as I was like inputting their forum, seeing what people were doing. And I kept hearing about it and hearing about it and hearing about it. I'm like, what is this whole thing? About? So I ended up really diving in. I totally sucked at it for the good first year or two in my business. I was super inconsistent. I just sent out emails when I just like felt like it. And I like totally flopped everything. I feel like I've made all the mistakes With email marketing before I decided to go into it, which was like my turning point. I was super tired of doing web design. It wasn't something that I was super passionate about anymore. I basically like that passion just totally ran dry for me. And then I was like, man, I really like writing emails. Like I love to write. And I wasn't really into the blogging thing because I was like, there's a lot of technical things, blogs, this by all means like there's so many different pieces to it and I was like but with email it's so simple and it was just one of those things where I was just like oh my gosh this makes so much sense for me to be able to just sit and write emails as if I'm just talking to my best friend I know you correlate it with texting it's like Mm -hmm. the same process and so what ended up happening is I came again to that breaking point because I was like Basically doing all the things I was a tech VA for some people. I was a blog writer, even though I absolutely hated it. I basically did everything to be able to fill my plate. And I was working like 60 hour work week, maybe I didn't take a maternity leave. Like I'm talking like super drastic stuff just to keep my business afloat because I believed in it so incredibly much. And it wasn't until I actually got into email where I was able to then free myself from a business that I absolutely hated, but also loved at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful, and I've actually—it's really interesting being on this seat because hey, by the way, guys, here's the secret to community and coaching and helping each other: the 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 person in it, Ashley, is the star. We just help navigate pieces a little bit, but even I even remember like you—we got on a call and you're like, "I have to choose between this and this." I'm like, "Don't you dare choose!" And then four months later, you're like, "Oh, by the way, it's 25x different, and I'm ready to come in now." And a lot of it came down to focus. And consistency and you really trusting yourself and being like, wow, I might not quote unquote have the confidence on paper, but I'm clear that this is what I want to do. And if I keep doing it, I'm going to get it done and it's going to work. And I loved it. And I've loved being a part of it. Like it's fun to just watch and read your emails and have you on the team and everybody we do. But you said something that I'm jealous of. You said you got to learn all the mistakes of email marketing before (laughs) you got good at it. And I had to go the other way. I got really good at email marketing from the get-go because all I did was send content out. I wasn't selling. And so no matter what, I was already just talking. But then the moment I took it from I can do it for myself to I have to do it for other people. And I went from having an email list. And my list was big at the time. It was like 175000 to emailing a 3 million person list, an 11 million person list with sales and millions of dollars tied to it. I feel like I learned the mistakes the hard way because I... (laughs) send emails to 1.4 million people with a broken link on it. They couldn't buy and things like that back in the day. So I get a little bit jealous, but I want to transition into email now because I know you and I are going to geek out about email when you think about email. And I just alluded to the mistakes that we made. I would Mm -hmm. love to hear from your perspective. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people make when it comes to, and we'll keep it in the container of quote unquote email marketing. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I think the number one thing that people do is they make it super complicated. They allow the funnels or the tech or the kind of idea or concept of, oh, I need all of these things in order for it to work. When in reality, it can literally just be as simple as sending an email broadcast out and just communicating with your people. So I think that's the first piece of it. But then on the flip side, I also think as well, too, that a lot of times when it comes to email marketing, so often, we just really get into the How do I say it? In terms of what we're saying, right. I feel like when people are going through the process of actually writing the email, right? Like you get over the fear of writing the email, which is like the first thing, but then you actually get into the Google doc and you're starting to write the email and you're just like, uh, what am I supposed to say? We often just copy and paste like a blog post and throw it in. Or I see a lot of people and I get this all the time where I'll like see a sales email and I'll literally see the sales page, just literally copied and pasted over from the actual sales page to the email. Yeah. I'm like, what the heck guys, what are we doing? So I think the biggest thing is that so Often we like try to repurpose email and make it super easy and simple, but then we lose the fact that we are trying to make an actual connection point with somebody and it comes from having a style in terms of with your email and really making sure that you're writing in a way that's more conversational and not just throwing something at somebody and you're sending them.
0: Yeah, so I want to summarize that because I heard two things. Number one is I heard overcomplicated, which I totally yeah. agree with. And then the second one is trying to take like a transactional approach and have it be robotic, but then expect it to work. Okay. Here's one that I'm going to throw on because this is going to be one of those episodes because you and I are are email geekies. The other one I see is that people try to accomplish what should be done over seven days in one email. And so- Uh, I call it email stuffing, right? Like I named it that in an intensive the other day. So I'm like, stop email stuffing. And they're like, what's email stuffing? I'm like, I just made it up on the spot. But let me tell you what email stuffing is. And for those listening, we can make this a hashtag, do whatever you want with it. But email mm-hmm. stuffing is I look at it and I have a rule and this better than anybody. I have a rule that you get one thing per email. One. Yes. One. And yep. so like I've watched people literally try to get people to go from I'm happy In my life to thinking my life is broken, wanting to invest money in it for something I don't need and then convincing me to do it all in one email. And I was like, what are you doing? Stop. Um, And I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make with email today is they lack patience. They Mm -hmm. lack patience. And we live in this society and we live in this world where everything is like dopamine, like on the spot. Give me the dopamine, like immediate gratification. But I will tell you right now, the success of your email is patience. Seriously. Immediate Uh, gratification. And so I'll summarize this mistake because we have four of them for you so far. Overcomplicated, trying to be transactional, trying to email stuff, and then lacking patience. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you will have zero results from an immediate gratification email. Zero. And anybody who tells me differently, you can't have a list that you haven't emailed in four months and send a sales email. And just because you made a couple sales, think that's gratification because you just burnt all those relationships. Like emails that work come as a byproduct of the prerequisite touch points, of the touch points leading up to it, the emails, the, the context, the container that they've been in. So I think that's good. We got two mistakes from you. We got two mistakes from me. I think Are those four or are we missing any other glaringly big ones?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So I want to touch on something that you've talked on before. Yeah. And that is your open and click rate. Oh, and yes. this is something that like I actually posted about today and I post about it occasionally just to remind people because nobody talks about this. And that is your like open and click rate is all about the relationship you have with your subscriber. I get so many people reaching out and asking me, Ashley, like how can I make how can I make better? And they're like, here, give me some actual like tactical strategy and, uh, they never really like my answer of it's your relationship with them. People put my emails because they're like, I like Ashley DeLuca and the subject line, it does weigh a little bit. Like obviously that super sucky subject line isn't going to help anybody here, but realistically like email marketing is really about that relationship. And that also comes with patience. It's just, if you like with your best friend, like if you don't keep in touch with your best friend, of course they're going to be like, what the heck man, like what happened, but your email subscriber, like you have to treat them in just the same manner with those consistent touch points and also to making sure that you focus on like actually being there
0: like totally yeah i want to i want to expand on this deeper because i i think you hit a point and and here's one of the other ones here's a secret to email marketing i don't think i've ever publicly talked about this ever but you threaded into (laughs) you've heard it because of our mastermind calls but the secret of email marketing normally the big secret comes down to the depth of organic engagement you have with your audience Like Mm -hmm. one screw it. Here we go. Cards on the table. Ashley knows me. I disclose everything to my mastermind members, but I'll tell it to you guys listening. Like I was just in an intensive, right? And these people are a big company. And so email is a massive driver. Like I'm talking multiple six figures of revenue a month just from email marketing, like multiple. And so I look at this and there's so much opportunity. And I'm like, I I bet you we can get a 25% lift in the business. With email, and they', like, okay, cool. And so they look for the strategies and tactics, and the first place I went was organic social. Yeah, the first place I went was organic social. they're like, what were I thought we were talking about email I'm like we are talking about email. We're talking about social triggers. We're talking about brand awareness. We're talking about front of mind because you have to remember that there is a symbiotic relationship between your email and every other touch point in your business. And so if you have social and you're not using it, guess what? That is going to negatively affect your email. If you're running paid traffic. And you're not responding to the ads or the things are getting slammed on the ads and your team's not in there and you're not running good content. That's going to affect your email. Everything works together. Now, can you have email be successful independent of those? Yes, but unless you're just doing email, all of those things matter. And so literally when we think about open and click-through rates, I'll hit the subject line for you too. I'm going to hit this because it's important because we've talked about this. I actually sent you this study from Litmus. But the, the thing is that you have to remember with subject lines and emails that it's a relationship, right? And Ashley hit this and we're going to hit this again. But the, the success of your email comes down to the success of the relationship that you have with that family member on the other side, that email subscriber. And so, do shady subject lines work? No. They get somebody's attention through the bait and switch, but the moment the email doesn't match, you've trained them to not trust you. So the next emails won't be opened. Literally, they have studied this in billions and billions of emails. And the best converting subject lines are the ones that are straightforward and to the point. And so, the success of your open rates... The success of your open rates comes down to your pre-existing relationship with your customer. The moment they open their inbox and they see the from name, The feeling that they get in their body is what dictates whether they open that email because that's what dictates of whether they even read the subject line or not. Then they go to the subject line and then when they click on the subject line and they open it, if that subject line does not match what's in the email, you've lost them. But if it does, you just added another touch point of trust and safety, which that before we even get to the content in the email is the determining factor of whether they ever open your next email or not. And so when we think about this, email is the perfect example of a relationship gone or gone wrong. And I've been able to look at businesses and tell the success of the company based on their email stats, like literally just based on how many replies they get, what their open rates are and what their click-through rates are. And like, here's another one. If your click-through rates suck or if your click-through rate is low, you have to ask yourself like what was missing and what's there, or if your open rate sucks. What I see people do, this is my favorite one. My open rate sucks. I'm gonna go rewrite the email. I'm like they didn't open it.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. I was like wait they didn't open it, and they're like yeah. So I'm like why would you change the email? They didn't even see what's inside the pa- wrapping like paper yet. The present needed to change the wrapping paper, and I was like okay cool. But then the next thing like they'll try to write a hooky subject line. And I'm like, wait, I'll go to the three previous emails. And in those emails, I will be able to tell in a moment's notice why that email wasn't opened. And so (laughs) newsflash, the success of your email (laughs) marketing isn't some crazy strategy or tactic. It comes down to the relationship. And if you look at the quote unquote container, the word that we use, the container that surrounds that email, and then what context got them into that list in the first place, you can typically find all the quote unquote secrets. There you go. Yeah.
1: 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I think it really comes back to that ecosystem yeah. in terms of with all the different pieces of the puzzle and as they come together. And this is why as I'm like bringing in clients and intaking them, like I do look at your guys' social media. Like it's so incredibly important to be able to look at the other pieces of your business, not only so I can understand and help drive traffic to them, but on the flip side, that also tells me, okay, what else are you going on in your world? Are you consistently posting in your Facebook group? Or are you leaving your like favorite peeps high and dry? Mm-hmm. It's really so incredibly important to make sure that you are that you're focused on not just email but then also showing up for your other people as well too because they're seeing you in both places
0: yeah yeah no i I love it and so i think i don't know can you think of any other mistakes i think that hits a lot of the big ones
1: Yeah, those are definitely 100% the big ones in terms of what I see and what I talk about most.
0: Yeah, and then so like to shift it over a little bit to like best practice, because what happens with you and I is people get to us all the time. They're like, give me the strategy, give me the tactic. And my typical first response, because I'm a smart ass is I can't love your kids for you. Like... The, the thing is, like, <laughs> you got to start with what? What are you trying to accomplish? And what I found is most of the time people don't even have the what. They're like, oh, I'm sending an email. I'm like, bro, oh, what's the what? I don't fucking care you're sending an email. That's not the what. What are you trying to accomplish? Sending an email is a tool. And so I think yep. to shift it over a little bit, and I would love your thoughts on that, like, when you look at these things, like, what are some of the best things that people can keep in their mind to, to get their email successful regardless of the content That goes on the inside of it. What are some of the things that you think through? I have my own list that I'll give you, but I want to hear yours first.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So the first thing that came into my mind, and this might be a little bit off here.
0: No, I got it
1: like clarity is so incredibly important because especially if you're going into your email like even before you hit that google doc if you are not clear on what your message is like in terms of like, what is your purpose in this world what are you trying to share what is your like main center focus in terms of like, who you're trying to serve and what you're trying to do but then also to like Having that confidence within yourself to own your expertise as well. This is something that for me, I know I've struggled with as well too, and it does show even before I go to write my content. If you look at my emails, which I'd be more than happy to share, like from like when I first started, I was so passive in terms of with my tone and what I was talking about. And I don't think I actually said this, but like in the same concept of if you want to click, here's the link. Now I'm like, click here, do this, do that let's go forward. So I think that's really important is like having that clarity. But I think also too, on the other side as well, I think it's really about just like having that focus. I feel like so often like going back as well, when you're talking about having that one center focus is before you sit down, like you need to understand your focus of what is the next step. Sometimes it's easier for me to write backwards in terms of with what is the call to action? Like, where do I want to lead them? And moving through like, so the call to action is I want them to go to my Instagram page. Okay. So what story do I need to tell? What does this need to look like? And just working through that process of moving them through that. And it makes it so much easier as well.
0: Yeah. And I think I love visual analogies and all of it. I love that. And that's the best way to do mostly anything in business. We teach it in Lean Six Sigma. We do this with process management. You have Mm -hmm. to start with the end result in mind. And in this case, it's, Not only where, but it's like, what do I want my subscriber, my email family member to accomplish? And you might be like, I want them to get to my Instagram. But you might then work backwards and realize that they might have to do three things before they get to your Instagram. And so instead of shoving that in one email, you Mm -hmm. then look at it and you're like, oh, that's three. Got it. I can do email one, email two, and email three, which increases the touch point, sets them up to win. And the, the most important thing I heard you say is speaking with conviction. Which comes from clarity. And I'd say that one of the biggest secrets to email marketing being successful is to be direct. And in order to be direct, you have to be clear. And in order to be clear, you have to have done the work and know where it is you're going to take people, which comes back to that inner confidence. And whether that's confidence for you or confidence for you and your team collectively or your team empowered at that lower level. But I think with all of it, I would never send a text to my friend. Hey, I have something to share, but I don't know what to share. So I'm just sending you this text to start a conversation about what I might share. And they're going to be like, I'm deleting your number. What are <laughs> you doing to me? And so yeah. I, th- I think with what you said, it's really important. And I think, what are your thoughts on this? So I would just love to know, because I very rarely and I very rarely come into an instance where I can send one email and have it accomplish the goal that's put on the table. I literally have looked back because obviously I do this every day. I've looked back and there is not one time in the last three years that I've been able to accomplish anything for a client in less than three emails, less than, even if it's yeah. three broadcasts. Like I, I, I don't, I can't think of one. It would all have to depend on this like context. Like maybe if they were sending a broadcast a day already and they were value-based that I could technically help them, change the destination and get them there. But most of the time I found that it's required this, like you said, this level of thinking to go from the end state and work backwards. And if I'm Mm -hmm. really leading people and guiding people, I've had to do it in multiple emails. What about you? What have you noticed with that? Yeah, Yeah, no,
1: I definitely felt the same way. So often I've had people who are like, I just want you to write this one email for me. And I'm like, listen, this one email is going to not totally work. It doesn't matter what I put into it. I could pour all the gold, all the heart, all the value. and It's not going to do what it is that you want. So that's why I always do things in bundles of three, five, and eight, because usually depending on where someone's wanting to go, yeah, like a minimum of three emails is going to get somebody there.
0: What's funny, what's so funny about this, we did not talk about this at all, but Ashley and I do a lot of the same things. I do strategy. She comes in and writes them. I only plan my bundles in three, five, and eight. Every sequence that I write, <laughs> literally no joke because I was just with a client and I was doing a some emails and you read some of them today and it was three. And then literally one of them, I was like, I look at a product, when it, whether it's a digital product or physical product, and I'm like, I can write the fulfillment sequences most of the time in five unless it's yeah. a multiple ingredient product and then it's eight. And it literally, it's every time, it ends up naturally at three, five, and eight, which is hilarious.
1: Yeah. It does. It, it doesn't matter how I like look at it or what is in front of me. It's always 3, 5, and 8. Unless I'm doing weekly emails, then usually those are 4. But other than that, all sequences are 3, 5, and 8.
0: Yeah. So if you're not hearing this, if you're not hearing this, one of the big secrets to email working is to have a plan. It's to have a plan. <laughs> and I look back at my email marketing journey. And I used to make, I remember it was 2014 and I sent my first ever affiliate email and I made $110,000 with one email. It was mind blowing. I was selling a digital bundle. Do you remember when they used to do the ebook bundles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put my product in one of them. So naturally I mailed for it and no one had done bundles back then. So it was like 67 bucks. And it was like shooting fish in a barrel. But the problem was, is that I got away with it that first time. And so a year later, when it happened again, I sent one and it went from one ten to 14. And then a year later, it was like one grand. Because at that point, I never really knew. And so I learned because I was inconsistent. I would send a broadcast and I posted a new recipe instead of being like, I'm going to email on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday consistently, whether I have a recipe or not, I'm going to build a relationship. I'm going to build consistency. And for those of you listening to this, I'm giving you so many email secrets underneath what I'm saying you might want to listen to it again. Yes. I'm not directly telling you, but I'm <laughs> directly telling you what to do. And so now when you think about this, cause we talked about working backwards and I would love your yes. process in this. Cause I think you and I go about emails differently to get to the same result. But like, when you think about that end state in mind, what do you typically do? You're like, I need them to accomplish this. And then this is the story I tell. Do you outline it? Do you whiteboard it? Like, how do you go about what's your process?
1: Okay, so I am a huge outliner. So a lot of times it's either outlining it into a notebook or I outline it into a Google Doc. And so I, my plan is to get a huge whiteboard, but I'm super scared my child is going to run off with it. And it's just going to become a doodle board. So I may have to get two. I start with outlining. And a lot of what I do is really based off of Ashley May Fernandez's like story. Yeah in her content posts and things like that. And taking that with that in mind and making it in my way of like my recipe of an email. Got it. So. My thought process is always focusing on, okay. So if somebody is interested in, let's like use the mastermind for an example. So if somebody's interested in the mastermind, what are the thoughts and beliefs that they need to like have shift in order to be able to be like, heck yeah, like I'm totally into the mastermind. So for me, I would think about myself first. And so a lot of times when I'm doing like my client's emails, sometimes I do think about myself in terms of like, okay, what has held me back in the past? And so I look at, okay, so one of my biggest fears was, okay wait a second, am I like ready for this? Is this am I like, okay, can I sit at this table? Am I ready for that? And so that there is like a total email where I would talk about and maybe because I it would be underneath your name for an example, like I would actually outline it and be like, hey, like my student actually she felt XYZ way, this is what she was going through. Or you could even use yourself example, maybe that's like something you felt and being able to take that and put it into a story where they're like, holy guac, yeah, like you are speaking my language and then moving into the call to action makes it really easy for for you then to be able to outline that thought process, mm. because it's probably not just stopping there in terms of okay, that's the table, what's next. And so basically just breaking it down where you're taking care of those objections before you get to the sales, to the pitch, to the point where like, when you send them that message, like, Hey, it's open, let's do the things they're already sold. They're yeah. already there. They're already sold because you've already given them the value that you've already given them the consistency of showing up saying, hey. I'm consistently showing up in your inbox. Like I'm consistently showing up in my Facebook group. I'm consistently doing the things. And I'll I'll just pivot here for a second. That was one of my biggest selling points for the mastermind is because I saw George consistently showing up on his podcast three times a week, which I thought was crazy. I only do one because I was like, holy God, like that's a lot of talking. But consistently showing up in the Facebook group, consistently doing like calls where I could like eavesdrop and come on in to do the things. Like that's where I got hooked. That is where I got hooked in terms of So, if you can do that in your email marketing, you're showing up. And that is so much more than so many other coaches, strategists, people, whatever you work, whatever you do, honestly, are doing. Most people are so lazy that they don't stick up and be consistent and do what they say they're going to do. So, if you can do that within your email marketing, that's the thing. That's where I would go. Yeah, no.
0: yeah, no, I, I love it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give mine too. And you said a lot to unpack, right? You, in, in all the best ways. Literally what I have found, it's not the best content that wins. It's the person who's the most consistent every time. <laughs> yeah. Because what we're willing to trade the present on the inside of the box for something that might not be as shiny in order to feel yeah. safe to have it. And consistency creates safety. And if those guys, if everybody listening to this hasn't realized that every single buying decision, purchasing decision, and rolling decision is emotionally based. And the one emotion that people want is safety because what's the one emotion that comes after buying is buyer's remorse and regret and guilt. Yeah. And so we're pre-handling that. And so what I heard you say, is, and I'm going to get my process, is you think about what's the end state we use my mastermind for example right and by the way if you guys want in let us know ash and i hit us up we would love to have you in the family and by the way our mastermind is a family it is not the george show it is we work together every day for everybody to win but when we think about it, it's like we want somebody in the mastermind that's the goal and so you break down up oh, i want them into the mastermind you're like okay what would be preventing them from getting into the mastermind okay what stories would i have to tell to help them feel understood or seen heard or respected and then when you look at that you probably break it down like, oh This is going to need to be five emails because look, it's like intro, belief one, story one, shift one, join. And that's what I do. So here's what I do just so everybody's listening. People ask me this all the time. And like Ashley said, this doesn't matter if you're having physical products, digital products, service based coaching, it does not matter. But I'm going to tell you right now, the secret to your success is consistency. Like, you've never lost weight by inconsistently working out. You've never gained muscle by inconsistently working out. You've never nurtured a relationship by inconsistently showing up. Like, consistency is one of the secrets to success. And email marketing is your literally keel in the water. Because every day, you have the opportunity to literally be consistent with a touch point. And so, that's how Mm -hmm. I view it. And by the way, Ashley has seen our daily newsletter, Open Rates, I send an email a day (laughs) and we did it for 90 days and we're averaging an open rate of 88% across 90 emails and when I do put a click in we're getting 40 to 80% And we're getting ready to do another season of them. I had to break them up into seasons. And so we're getting ready to do another season. But really, each email takes probably, what, 30 seconds to read every day. And they add value and they're consistent. And so they're there. There's a lot in there. But what I do is I look at that and you're like, hey, let's say it's your mastermind or we're selling your email program or selling your product. You come to me and you're like, hey, this is what I want them to do. I'm like, cool. And so then I ask you, I'm like, hey, what are all the things they need to know in order to be successful. And then I write each thing on one sticky note. So each sticky note, and I keep sticky notes around me like crazy. I do it physically as well. And so I literally will write on the sticky note, oh, the mistakes people make. And then I'm like, okay, next sticky. The benefits that they feel. Okay, next sticky. Oh, how to use the product. Okay, next sticky. What it looks like. Uh, Next sticky. And then I literally lay them out on a board in front of me. And I was like, anything missing in there? No. I'm like, Are you going to tell them you're dating them? And they're like, oh, and they're like, intro. I'm like, yeah, you got to set context. (laughs) And then I was like, I put that up. And then there's always a sale email on there. And I was like, yeah, but what about the people that don't buy? And they're like, oh, shit. I'm like, we got to solve there too. And then it's like a wrap email. And then what you end up with is you end up with normally three, five, or eight. And my big one's longer. It depends but just so you guys know, it also depends on the price point, the sales mechanism, where they are. And that's a whole, that we cover that in our email training, which Ashley's been through by the way, and she loves it as so I, good. as I speak for you, I'll let you tell everybody about it. In a minute. <laughs> And so what I do is I literally physically put a sticky and then I was like, and I don't know your audience, your audience. I'm like, but you're typically your avatar. I'm like, Hey, what order makes the best sense? And they're like, Oh, I'm like, can they know how to use it? Will they want to know how to use it if they don't know the benefits? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, so let's swap those. And I literally, on a whiteboard with sticky notes or on the wall or windows, you should see hotel rooms when I stay in them with my team. There's 300, 400 sticky notes on a window in a hotel room. And I'll map them out and then I'll order them. And then they're like, all right. And then I turn that into an outline. And so then I look at it and in the outline, I put intro and I'm like, what's the one thing that I need them to take away from this? And what's the one call to action And that becomes my outline. And so then it's one thing, one call to action all the way down. And then I go back and then I'm like, what's the story or what's the hook or what's the belief or what's the three things? Then I add those. And then all of a sudden the emails are written. You're just adding padding. Yeah. Like you're adding personality at that point. Hey, there's the secret. And that's why I help people anyways, because you're going to be like, what? Don't worry, you'll see it. But that's kind of how I get there. It's all in a journey, all of it. And I think... The biggest thing with email is remembering that it is a journey. It's a journey that takes time and it's okay because, and if I asked and I'd ask anybody listening, I'd ask you, would you ever want somebody to sign up for your email list and only stay on it for a day? Then don't write emails that only solve for a day. Exactly. And so this is a very different game. And like I just walked into a company at a very high level doing 12 million a year And the problem is they've been going down month over month because they're feeling the pain of only sending sales emails from six months ago. Mm. Because the amount of time it takes to have that realized in revenue gets to a point where you can't get it back for another 12 months. It's like when you break up in a relationship, they're like, oh, it takes like a year for every month you're together. I was like, if it took six months for it to go down, it's going to take two times that to get back up because you're going to get from negative to neutral and neutral back up. And yeah. so I, I think that's it. So I think that covers your process, my process, and that's how I, I think about it. Now, when you think about email, and now we know your process, we know the mistakes that people make, right? What are some of the best practices that like you think are like non-negotiables people should carry forward, they should have in their front of their mouth? I should never send an email unless I thought about this, or I should never hit schedule until I checked this. What are those non-negotiables for you that you see people commonly make? Mistakes
1: okay so oh my gosh yes so we covered a lot of them already and let me tell you what i wish i had this podcast episode when i first started doing email marketing because this would seriously cut to the chase so much faster than anything else like i have ever studied or learned or any of the things i would say the first piece of this is definitely making sure obviously that it flows right mm-hmm. in terms of what the bottom the middle and the like the whole thing A lot of times what I see is that people will have a story or they'll add something in that's quote unquote value based but then it doesn't match the call to action whatsoever. It's like super random. It's super like off the cuff. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it's not enticing. So you want to make sure that like your whole email flows on through to the point where they're already finding that link. They're already looking to click on it even before they get to that point when their like eyes are going through. So I think that's the thing, but then like formatting is so incredibly important, especially in terms of with cell phones. Like that's a huge thing. So many people are viewing their emails from their cell phones. And so, a lot of times you have all this crazy pictures and gifs and don't get me wrong i love gifs just like anybody else i love making them it's like a side passion of mine of me and my kiddo but what ends up happening is we have all these different pieces that we're trying to put together in email and it gets very confusing very quickly Mm -hmm. especially when you have tons of pictures and formatting thing and guys just keep it super simple like just make it super simple to the point where it just looks like an email that you literally just typed up and sent on over to somebody. So those are like two pieces that I always look out for and just make sure that, okay, does this make sense? That's usually the biggest thing. But then also too, making sure that like the formatting's on point, that everything is good to go. Nothing looks wonky. Everything works. Holy guac. Yes. Oh my God. Like making sure the links work. That's so big. And just making sure that also too, you're sending it out to the right segment of your audience as well.
0: Yeah. Which leads me to a couple of questions. How often do you actually send an email to the entire list?
1: Oh boy. Not often.
0: I'd say I probably only send an email to the entire list 2% of the time.
1: Yeah. It's not very often at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to see where you were as well, because I want everybody listening to this to pick up on what was just said without saying it. I literally only send to the whole list less than 2%. It's probably even less than that. If I really looked at it, and Ashley is the same way independently. So I want you to hear that because personalization and segmentation is one of the keys here. And you said another thing in what are the best practices that I think is important to understand. I'm not going to cover it here, but I cover it inside the Eternal Flame Method training, the email course that we have. But what you have to understand about email is that you're being graded at every turn. There's three basically reporting agencies that are like credit bureaus for email. And so your IP your own CR, like your ESP that you're on has a reputation score for your account and your IP with them, everything you're from, all of it. Like it's there. And what I can't understand with people is how many times they knowingly put themselves into spam boxes and then get pissed that they end up in spam. And so you, you said it earlier when checking the emails, keeping it simple One of the reasons I say one location and one destination is because anything more triggers spam. But I literally, this happened the other day. I helped a company write their emails and I love them. And then they added a header and footer and they added 21 links to the email. 21 links to the email, right? Because every header menu linked, the footer menu had Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Here's a news flash: If they're reading your email, they want to be in your fucking inbox. Stop trying to send them to Facebook. Stop trying to send them to Instagram unless you're sending them a dedicated email to that place for that reason on purpose. And so yeah. you said, make sure you check your links and make sure they work. I'd say make sure you only have one. And you keep it that way. And it goes all the way back to one of the mistakes in the beginning that we talked about is that everybody overcomplicates this, right? And there's an episode coming out that came out before this with my friend, Bethany, and you're going to see her emails. She is the only, and literally, I've been doing this for 11 years now, hundreds and hundreds of companies, billions and billions of emails. And she is the first person that I can confidently say I support sending image-based emails. Out of every single company, she is the only one, and the big ones that I have agreed. And Ben, I think it's a smart move for you to send visual based emails compared to everybody else. So when you say, keep it simple, text, make it simple. You have to remember that you're conditioning a habit or a behavior when somebody's reading your email. I'm giving so much away on this podcast. It's mind blowing (laughs) to me. I get fired up about email. Like it's my thing. Oh my God. But you're conditioning something. So you have to imagine, Hey, when you get somebody to read your email, are you trying to steal their attention or are you trying to get them one step closer and so you can put gifts and images and blah 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 and you literally just became a distraction from their results and so every time they see your email like oh every time I see their email there's pretty images I'm not going to do anything I'm not going to do anything and then you're conditioning that behavior or every time they open an email and it's 87 fucking pages long they're like, Ugh. I can never read this email again. And I was like, when was the last time we opened an email on our phone, saw that it was eight scrolls and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to read this. No, that's what I have a Kindle for, not my inbox. And so that needs to be like a hook of like how treating your emails like a Kindle will put you out of business.
1: hundred uh, percent. That's yes. a good
0: subject line, by the way. But then like you have to understand this. And so get to the point, be direct, be confident, understand that you're allowing you're allowed into somebody's home. In my opinion, the inbox is a home. It, it's like having somebody's phone number in business because it's the only thing. I'm not competing against an algorithm. I'm just competing against your attention. And so if yeah. I want to keep it, I got to go deep there and I have to protect it. And the way that I look at it is if I can condition you in a good way, that every time you read my email, it takes less than 10 seconds to know what it's about and you get a feeling associated with it, a very clear path. There's zero ways to lose that game zero. And so you said a few things that trigger that. So I had to diarrhea it out on the podcast. And I know (laughs) this is about you and talking and interviewing you, but that one got me all fired up.
1: No, seriously. I absolutely love this conversation. What's your
0: favorite, what's your favorite rant about email? What do you love ranting about with more than anything when it comes to email?
1: Gosh, I feel like I could definitely rant on all the things, but I think the biggest thing is definitely just location of all these funnels. I worked with one particular client who literally had like more funnels than I knew what to do with. Mm -hmm. And it was upsell this, downsell this. And it was such a cobwebbed mess of like, where does somebody go? And where do they end up? And I feel like this is very much so a mentality that we've picked up with like this new like funnel world is that, oh my gosh, we have to have this upsell to do this downsell and go here and do this. And then you try to create email sequences off of this because you know that, okay, I need to have fulfillment. I want to move them. I want to do what George is saying. But then you get so overwhelmed because you have so many different things. Mm-hmm. That is just, wait a second. Come on, let's get back to the basics. Just focus on what you really want to sell and stop trying to take people on an endless like clicking buying journey that actually doesn't serve them or you in the long run.
0: Totally. And you can't scale a complicated business or a complicated offer or get any data or anything like that. And one of these <laughs> days I'm going to accept the fact that I always just tell people where to find you at the end of the show. Cause I have a note to tell people in the beginning of the show. And I always forget cause I get so wrapped up in the conversation <laughs> And so just for everybody wondering and listening right now, Ashley's in my world everywhere. She's in our Facebook group. She's in our mastermind. She's now on the podcast. You will find her all in the world. But when people want more avocados, turtles, and coffee, what is your website and where can they find you?
1: Yeah, 100%. So you can find me at all the places over at ashleykdeluca.com. com.
0: Sweet. Now that we have that out of the way, I'll say it like 25 more times, but it's Ashley K. DeLuca, dot com, and it's Ashley A-S-H-L-E-Y-K, and then com, and we'll have it in the show notes and everything. What's the current book you're reading?
1: Oh, my gosh. So I have been trying to trudge through, but have been doing very good of reading Clockwork. Clockwork yes. has been... So good. Yeah. It's one of those things where my toddler has been like sitting with me and wanting to steal my iPad to go watch bubble guppies. And I'm like, no, it's mom's reading time. Give me a break here. It's been so good. I absolutely okay. love it.
0: So current read clockwork, which I recommend for everybody. I, I gave Ashley a list. I was like, read these in this order for your business. Yes. And so she's <laughs> she's crushing absolute favorite food.
1: Oh my gosh. Let's see. I have Chipotle sitting here, but that's only because my husband works there. Not that, definitely. Frosted
0: Animal Crackers, which is Just so everybody knows, this was one of my favorite questions. So I ask everybody when they join the Mastermind, on the last survey question, I ask them, what is your all-time favorite food? And Ashley put in Frosted Animal Crackers, and I legitimately spit my coffee out when I read it, because it comes to my inbox. And so she fills it out, and I'm reading it, and I was like, You would. And it made so much sense and I loved it so much. It made my heart absolutely happy. And so if you could give people one thing to remember when it comes to email right now, if you literally had a tattoo, a gun in your hand and you could tattoo it on their brain and they would remember it every day for the rest of their business life and career when it comes to email marketing, what is the one thing that you would want people to take away and remember no matter what?
1: Oh my gosh. Just keep it simple. Like literally, I think the biggest thing is that even for me within my business, I have let that fear hold me back in so many different ways. Just send the email. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be in any which way. If I would have never started sending those emails back in gosh, 2017 that were super crappy and terrible and awful. I would have never come to this point where I'm now writing awesome emails. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you just go and- Email is like your key to just moving forward and getting out of your own way.
0: Yeah, I love it. And listen, with email, it's supposed to be simple. And Ashley just said a few things in that answer that gave you more answers. Transparency always wins. Authenticity wins. Being human always wins. Email is just a relationship with people and it's how you practice it and do it. And so for those of you listening right now, and Ashley will vouch for this. I have I did an on-demand training on this, literally like three principles to put into practice right away for this and email. And the training is free. It leads into our email course, the Eternal Flame Method, which I highly recommend that every one of you get. But if you want to watch the on-demand training, go to theeternalflamemethod.com, the, and then eternal, because email is the flame that runs forever in your business. Some you know analogies and metaphors here. But the eternal flame method.com and you can watch the on-demand training. Just jump in, register, and do it. Okay, cool. So God, we covered a lot. We covered mistakes. We covered uh-huh. we covered consistency mistakes. We covered the secrets to getting higher open rates and click through rates. We covered the exact process we use to write highly converting emails, non-negotiables when sending emails. What did we miss, Ashley DeLuca? What did we miss?
1: Okay, I want to talk about the course really quick. I got to say something. Okay. So here's the thing. When I was learning email marketing, I basically self-taught myself up to the point of meeting George. George is like the only other person where I felt like, holy guacamole, this dude like gets my brain. There are so many things that I was like thinking but wasn't really sure and on the edge about and he was like, no, just do this and I was like, okay, cool. We're going to just do the things. So this email course has literally been so transformational within not just the work that I do but for the work that I do for my clients and all the things because literally there's so many things I was like, oh, I never thought about that but then it also gets my mind turning in terms of like, oh, well, what about this? And then so cool to be able to jump back and forth and add to it because you're always adding to the course as well mm-hmm. and making sure that it's updated with the newest stuff. So I just had to throw that out there because anytime people are like, how do I learn about email marketing? I was like, you can learn me, you can hear me talk about it. But then like, if you just go to George, like George has like the master of the thing. And this is who I learned from. And it's been so cool to allow people to be able to just get like that direct access of information so easily through your course.
0: Yeah. And I, by the way, I did. Thank you. I'm, I'm blushing a little bit. I didn't, I didn't ask her to do that. She's not even an affiliate. Like we just work together. She actually, pay, she actually pays me to say that. I'll just be really frank. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because she's in the mastermind and she has the course and I'm interviewing her in and we work together, by the way, just so everybody listening. Like I think email is a team effort as well. And I, yeah. I, I, love writing email. I do, but I really only like it in certain circumstances and the overall container is a lot better for me. So I think one of the things we didn't cover is also understanding your strengths when it comes to email, because Ashley is amazing at writing email. Like, Amazing. If Ashley stops writing email, I think it would be a a sacrifice and bad move in a business part. And so one of her superpowers is actually being a relationship copywriter, right? Where she knows enough of the structure, but if it's going to go design a customer journey, like I'd rather you write emails than design it. But I think for everybody listening, you also have to understand where your strength is because there's going to be some of you listening that literally can think about a customer's journey over 90 days with sticky notes and be like, this is what I want them to do. And it's your superpower. And then there's going to be other ones of you like, I can't even think about that, but I can tell you what I would write to them every day and the stories I would tell. And I think one of the things that it took me the longest time to learn was Not trying to be someone or something I'm not and allowing me to play into my strengths. And so what I really was good at was the container, right? Like the journey, the three, five, eight, the escalation, the everything. And I was like, I don't want to be a conversion copywriter. I just want to talk to people. But that actually turned into one of my strengths because I would just send an email of what I would send to you. And then it started to work, but then it helped me hone my craft. But then I also realized that there's times that I want stories. I want open loops and and really good journeys that I can't write. So now I know that. And so I think it's important to play to your strengths. Yep. And and I'm going to say this because I just did an episode on this. Did you listen to the like 89 million reasons to only use ConvertKit? Episode. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that one.
0: And so Convert Kit's what I use ninety nine percent of the time, and there's a few rare instances where I use Convert Kit and Clavio, but it's only for physical product e commerce brands that require a visual presence once in a while. And so I use Clavio for some of the transactionals and then a visual presence. And I use ConvertKit for everything else. And so if you guys are wondering what I recommend, what Ashley recommends, go to useconvertkit.com, www.useconvertkit.com. But I did this whole episode on why you should use ConvertKit. And one of my favorite ones, and I think you would agree to this, one of my other favorite mistakes, and I say favorite because it's the easiest coachable point ever. My favorite mistakes that people make is they try to build everything themselves, everything right? They'll design the journey and then they'll have the best emails and they'll spend three weeks trying to turn them on because they want to overcomplicate it or they're trying to learn something that's not their strength. And I get this message, who's going to build it? And I was like, have you asked their support team? Yeah. And I will tell you guys, mind blown. Here's the secret. Nathan at ConvertKit is a friend of mine. I have no interest in that company. I have no vested interest. I am not an investor. I was one of the first hundred people using the platform because Nathan knew me before when he launched the platform. I started, I've been using it since the day It came out like literally from the day it came out and I have no vested interest. But here's the beautiful part. ConvertKit business only works if you can use email. So their customer service is incentivized to help you. And so there are still times to this day where I know that platform inside and out. And I'm like, hey, guys, I can't figure this out. And they'll literally send me a loom video and they'll be like, oh, we built it for you. And here's how to do it next time. And so yep. if you take what Ashley said earlier and you have the clarity of like, oh, this is what I want them to do. This is what's going to go in the email. These are my emails. And then you get them in. They'll help you get the tech pieces or you find somebody who's an expert that only takes five minutes. And so that's a really important yeah. one. Okay. I think we got it all. I, we're going to have, we'll have to do round two email. Are you down for a round two on email? A
1: hundred percent. I feel I can talk about email
0: okay i feel like i didn't talk as much in the beginning and then as we got fired up i started talking more now i'm like ready to rip the (laughs) curtains back on email for those of you listening if you want ashley and i to do email round two tell us on social so hit us up in our facebook group relationships beat algorithms she's in there or tag us on social tell us that you want to do email number two and then tell us what you want us to talk about because i have a feeling we'll spill the beans
1: Yes. Give us all the questions. I love
0: questions. And by the way, like I giggled if you guys heard me giggling when Ashley was talking, cause like I've known her for a while. So she says all the things that it makes me laugh and she says, holy guac all the time, which <laughs> I love. And so those are the mannerisms that go in her emails. And by the way, for anybody who's, I want to see a good example. Like you can sign up for my daily newsletter, which you've already heard about another podcast, but go check out Ashley's website. I will say this and I'm going to give her kudos. She tricked me in the best yeah. way possible a couple months ago because I got an email in my inbox from her and I literally was like, God, we never talk on email. Why are you emailing me? We <laughs> always talk on Facebook Messenger. And I literally opened the email and responded before I realized that you sent that email to your list. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And my best friend did the same thing. She I like, literally
0: messaged Ashley and I was like, you piach in the best way. Like you got me. And and it wasn't tricky. It was literally like it was the same message you would have sent me via Messenger. And you sent it yeah. via email and I responded and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And so it takes a lot for me to respond. You got me good. So I want to give you kudos. So for everybody listening, cause we're going to wrap right now, Ashley, um, make sure you guys check her out at Ashley But if you could leave everybody with one thought, one takeaway, the last impression of Ashley K DeLuca on this podcast, what would it be? Oh my gosh.
1: Do it messy. Do it 100% messy, even if you have the toddler in the background um, stealing your pen and trying to grab the potato chips off your desk, just go for it. Like, regardless of what portion of it is in your business, whether it's email, whether it's just making during that Facebook live, just do it messy and just do it. You'll feel so much better and
0: you'll come in so much more confident on the next round. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. The secret is to do it messy with avocados, turtles, coffee, and guacamole, which comes from avocados. So I think it's all <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of the mind of George show. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think we're going to do round two anyways, but please make sure you check out Ashley. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you review it. Cause I don't even know if I talk about that in the outro. And because I'm being consistent, I will see you in the next episode, or you will hear me in your earballs in the next episode. And remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. Now it's time to cue the outro. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George Show. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club. Fill out the application and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.